So we're just going to preach Jesus tonight. We're just going to talk about Jesus. We're going to talk about Jesus in one way. And we're going to say that we're going to talk about how Jesus is the hope of the world. Not a hope of the world, the hope of the world. Jesus is the hope of the world. And while I think about this, and while I think to remind you tonight, we are in a spiritual atmosphere. We just had a spiritual atmosphere of praise and worship, and before the service, we were declaring that we're praying in a spiritual atmosphere, and we know the fight is not in the flesh, but it is in the spirit. Come on, everyone, play along at home. Fight's not in the flesh, but it's in the powers and principalities of a Spiritual realm, thank you for Tennille playing along. Fight's not in the flesh, but it's in the powers and principalities of a spiritual realm, right? So when we agree with the word of God together, we break through into the spiritual realm together. And the enemy packs his dacks and runs. Right? So that's what we want. Does anyone want the enemy to pack his dacks and run tonight? Okay, good. So what we're going to do tonight is we're going to agree with the word of God. So let's start here. Jesus is the hope of the world. Amen? Amen. Jesus is the hope of the world. You have to be prompted. Jesus is the hope of the world. Amen. That's what Christians say when we agree with one another. Amen. That's what we say. So I'm going to talk about that tonight, how Jesus is the hope of the world. Now, somebody tell me, someone who's, who's the cleverest, smartest person here tonight, actually, is okay, so I'll come to you, but let's pray first, or I better pray first. Uh, so God, we just thank you so much that you are present by your Holy Spirit. We know that you're present. We welcome you here tonight. Lord God, I pray that, uh, and I agree with your word, that nothing in this book here, nothing here ever returns void. Nothing ever returns void. So I pray tonight, as your word goes out, that it does not return void in Jesus' name. Amen. So, what year is it? It's 2019. How do you know? Why is it 2019? Why is it 2019? Why isn't it like 3,472? Why isn't it, it 2019? What do we mark that year off? Jesus. Every day we walk around knowing that it's 2019 and there's people out there that say, I don't believe in God. There's people out there that say Jesus never came to earth. There's people out there that say Jesus isn't real. And you know, the only response you need to give them is ask them what year it is. I'm not even mucking around. This is, this is evangelism 101. If, you, if somebody comes to you and says, Jesus isn't real, Jesus never came, it's a figment of people's imaginations. You can't prove Jesus. You can't prove he's real. Show me evidence. Ask them what year it is. Produce a calendar. Because you know that we didn't actually have the years marked off like we do now until the 1600s. That was like five minutes ago. Five minutes ago, started, they started arguing about it around the 1100s. They figured it out globally around 1670, somewhere around there. Do you know they were originally going to mark? I know Janelle's face was the same as my face. Janelle's just like, what are you talking about, Grant? It's exactly what I just I, I looked into this in preparing because I was like, if Jesus is the hope of the world, how, how important was Jesus? To, he was so important that, that we set the year by him. 
so important. They were going to say, they were going to originally, when they were arguing, the learned scholars at the time, and, and they were saying, oh, maybe we should, because um, what was the most important thing back then? It was probably like the, the building of the Roman Empire or something like that. And they were looking and they go, oh, that was about 737 um, BC. So maybe we should mark it off 737 BC. And then everyone went, no, 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 something bigger. And then, and then Claudius Maximus said, you know, was it the wheel? And he said, no, no, be, bigger than the wheel. And someone else said, it must have been fire, the invention of fire. No, it was bigger than the invention of fire. Maybe someone said, was it, you know, I heard the PlayStation's coming. No, it's bigger than that. Jesus, we set the year by him. Why don't we set our lives by him? So that's what we're going to talk about. Is that cool? Cool. So Jesus wants to completely restore in your life what you've been busy in your strength trying to just patch up. Jesus wants to completely restore in your life what you've been busy in your strength just trying to patch up. Because you see, we don't have the strength and the know-how and the wisdom and we're not strong enough to completely restore anything in our lives that's maybe a little bit broken. Because you see, that isn't the hope, that's a hope. I hope this works. I hope I get that job. I hope my finances are okay. I hope my health improves. I hope I lose a few. I hope, I hope, I hope. And we set our lives on our hope, and then we wonder why we're disappointed. See, hope is a complicated emotion. Hope is a noun and a verb, if you look it up. It's a noun. You know, I hope, I, I can have hope. I can put some hope in a wheelbarrow. It's a noun. Or, or I can hope as a verb. I can activate some hope. But it's where you put that hope that matters. When you're in a, when you're in a dark, dark place, like we perhaps are in the world right now, it seems pretty dark at times. Does anyone read the newspaper? The Mockery. Does anyone read The Mockery or The Exaggerator or any of those newspapers in Tasmania? No? Watch the news. You only got to turn the news on to, to understand that the world at the moment, when we're looking at laws being passed to kill babies, when we're looking at uh, stuff that's confusing and all this, we can, oh, I'm so upset and I'm offended. And I'm gonna, you know what I'm going to do to fix it? I'm going to post about it on social media. That'll fix it. That'll fix the problem. I'm going to go to a rally and I'm going to sound like Dave Hughes when I'm preaching. <laughs> or... We can put our hope in Jesus Christ, who's already waiting for us to say, speak to me, draw near to me so I can draw near to you. He's waiting for us to do that. Jesus Christ is the hope of the world. And if we're in a dark place, what is the thing you look for the most? If you've been like me and you've got up in the middle of the night because you hear uh, you know, something go thud or whatever. Nowadays, it's one of the kids getting up, you know, they thud around and all that stuff. But back when the kids were too little to get out of bed and it was just Gaynor and I looking after the kids, you'd hear, you'd hear a possum on the roof or you'd hear, you know, there's a burglar, there's a burglar. And you're in your, whatever you're sleeping in, so you quickly try and put on something because you don't want the burglar seeing you. But what's the, apart from a baseball bat, what's the first thing that you go for in the dark? You go for the light. And if we're wandering around in a dark place in the world at the moment, why would we go for a candle when we've got the sun? S-U-N or S-O-N. 
however you want to say it, I don't mind. We've got the Son of God, the light of the world, the light of Jesus Christ. Why are we going for (laughs) sort of solutions? Why are we trying to fix, why are we trying to patch up what God himself wants to restore? Because I can tell you right now, you're not strong enough. You can't do it, but he can. And as a room full of Christians, I say today, we're going to start making better decisions to go straight to God with our problems and P-R-A-Y pray and mean it. Where's Josh? Where's Josh? He's up there. Josh, I want to, you can tell Katie I said this. Katie inspired me once from from here uh, on this platform and she talked about being early to your knees. Early to your knees. It's now one of my favorite hashtags. Hashtag early to your knees. Do you know the distance between here? I'm only five foot ten, so it's not as far for me, right? Even closer for Jamie. But I'm sorry, Jamie, I love you. From here to here, from here to here, it's not far, really, is it? There to there. It's not far. Not far at all. But doesn't it seem like a long way? Doesn't it seem like a long way when things are bad? When things are great, we're all, we can make ourselves taller and bigger. Praise you, God, for the Division 3 in Tats Lotto, 24 bucks. <laughs> ah, I'm eating palmy tonight. Or, but down here, it's a place of, place of submission, when you're on your knees. And you know, I want to encourage us as well that the fight is not in the flesh, but in the powers and principalities of a spiritual realm to get on our knees. When we see things on the news that we maybe don't like, get on your knees. When we see things that upset us in the world, get on your knees. You know what? When you do something stupid, no, I'm just preaching myself here. When you, hey Grant, when you do something stupid, because the, the congregation behind you never would, get on your knees. Get on your knees. Jesus didn't give us this harsh set of rules to live our life by to make us stumble and fall and get it wrong in every moment. Jesus didn't make life complex and complicated for us. Instead, being the gentleman that he is, he simply gave us an invitation. Do you know what the invitation was? Two words. Not Gaynor's two-word coaching program that I talk about a lot. Jesus had a two-word coaching program too, and it was easier than Gaynor's two-word coaching program. If you don't know what Gaynor's two-word coaching program is, to come and see Gaynor after the service. She'll tell you. It's simple. I'm not going to do it tonight. Jesus' two-word coaching program. <laughs> Remember, from Matthew 9.9, for those of you that are following along in your Bibles, you get extra Bible points tonight. Follow me. How easy is that? How easy? Well, if it was that easy, this place would be a lot more full, let me tell you. Because the distance between here and here sometimes seems like a long way. Because we don't want to give in to our humanity. And most of the time, we're happier to be stumbling around in the dark, banging into stuff, than following the light of Christ. Just saying. As Jesus went on from there, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, he told Matthew, and Matthew got up and he followed him. Pretty simple. 
There's other characters in the Bible. If you think of the rich young ruler, Jesus said the exact same thing to him. Jesus didn't say, now, when you stop your bad habits and when you don't do this and don't do that and wear nicer clothes and do this and you got your, your certificate of theology from Alpha Crucius and you've done this and you've, you, you've been to Pastor Dave and Alex's house for dinner and you've sat up the front twice and you've done that and you've sung some songs and, 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 this, and this, then follow me. I'll be back this way in 12 months and you can follow me. No, Jesus just said, hey, you broken guy, follow me. Follow me. And we'll just figure it out along the way. Follow me. His burden is so easy. We, we've heard that already tonight. Jesus said, follow me. What are you following when you're meant to be following Jesus? And you mean to. You mean to. You set off with all the best intentions, right? You mean to follow Jesus. You get up in the morning. You go, today's a new day. It's going to be absolutely fantastic. Grant, her Grant preaching on Sunday. He said, early to my knees. I'm going to get early to my knees this morning. I'll just pair these, sock, pair these socks first. Then I'll get early. My, coffee would be good. Might have a coffee. Do that. Then I'll get, oh, look, my phone. Oh, Facebook. I've got some notifications on Facebook. And then I'll get early to my knees. I'll do that because I've got all the best intentions. We get distracted in life. And sometimes by the time we get to our knees, the day is half done and we've been offended three times and we've reacted or responded. And then we forgot to be Christians. You know, I saw a quote today. It said, the best thing you can sometimes do as a Christian is tell someone you're a Christian and then not do something stupid. But we just tend to do that sometimes because we're humans and, and we can all be let off the hook. But there's just four really quick things that we can do tonight. And the first thing we can do is because light gives us hope, we can just carry the light. Just carry the light. Let me show you how. Matthew 5, 14, 15 says this. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a basket. Instead, they set it on a lampstand and it gives a light to everyone in the house. You know, if you hide your light under a basket, you just end up as a basket case. But let me just say that if you put your light on a hill, it can also make you vulnerable. If we're in a spiritual war and you've got your light on your hill, you walk around going, hi, I'm a Christian. <laughs> People go, you're a Christian, that means you believe this and you believe that and you believe this and because the world's going to hate you if you're a Christian. It, it ain't all sunshine and rainbows, to quote Rocky Balboa. But if, if, if you become, if you live your life as a Christian, you set yourself up on a hill, you become vulnerable. So you, you've, got, you've got this light up there and you're sitting on a hill and around you, everyone can see you if you're a Christian, you're living your life that way. But let me give you some advice here. It's only going to be vulnerable if it's your little light bulb. It's your little light bulb that's been tarnished and it's been burning for so long and it's flickering. And maybe like the lights in my garage, it's some fluoros that need some new starters. They're just sitting there going, hmm, like at the 7-Eleven. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to take that light bulb out. Take that old, dirty old, that dirty old 40-watt light bulb out. No, I want you to get, I want you to get the light of Christ and plug that in. I want you to get the light of Christ and plug that in. Because then, boom, the light will be so bright that nothing can hide in the shadows. Nothing can hide in the shadows. I'm worried about the enemy. I'm going to light up on the hill. I'm going to be a light up on the hill because it says it in the Bible and the Bible's the truth. And I'm going to live by the truth. And I don't want to live by the truth because I'm too vulnerable. Put Jesus' light there. Boom. Nothing can hide. Nothing can get you. Nothing can sneak up on. Boom. Light everywhere. Illuminating in the valleys, around the valleys, behind the trees. Boom. Through the trees, behind the rocks, everywhere. Boom. The light of Christ is so humongous. Or you can just put your little light in there. 
hope that doesn't go out. Better not turn it off in case it doesn't turn back on again. You know, your light might not be bright enough, and that's okay. That's okay, but Jesus said that you can be the light because he's given you that. So maybe it's time to just go replace some of the light bulbs. Here's the other thing. Just remember that life requires light and needs light and is attracted to light. Now, I know deep down in the ocean, and I'm looking at Dale here because Dale will go, after the service, Dale will go, Grant, I was watching National Geographic last week, and I liked your sermon tonight, mate, but what you said about life and light wasn't exactly true, mate, because he's my best friend, and he wants to help me, he wants to correct me, and he wants to say, Grant, deep, 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 deep under the ocean, down near the Mariana Trench, they found bacteria living four feet underground, didn't they, mate? I know they did, because no light can penetrate that, and I know that you know that, right? Because when, when I said for a show of hands for the smartest guy in the room, yours was the first one up, Right? So, I know that life can exist without light, but life is attracted to light. It's attracted to light. Because if you go down that far into the Mariana Trench, 14.2 kilometers under the ocean, is that exactly right, Dale? I think it is. And you turn on a light, all these fish will go, huh? And they will turn around and they will start to look for the light. And we're attracted to it as well. So why is it that as Christians, sometimes we walk around with this shroud of darkness over us? Walking around with heavy heads and heavy hearts. Someone upset me last week and it's just not fair. That's, you know what that does, that darkness? Do you know what the darkness does? It's a valley and it separates you from God. Do you know what separation from God is also known as? Say it loud. Sin. And do you know what living a life separated from God in eternity is known as? Hell. It's known as hell. Right? So you can, you can, you don't want to get before God and get on your knees before God and look at the glorious radiance and the love and the purity of God and turn your face to him and say, I wish I had done more for you. Do you? No, you don't want to turn to God and say, and you probably could not in his presence, turn to God and say, why did this happen and that happen and this wasn't fair and that wasn't fair. But that won't be, you won't be able to because you won't be in your bodies and you won't feel that pain anymore. you just be a spirit attached to his spirit in the presence of his spirit. You won't feel that stuff anymore. So all I suggest is that you do this from your Bible. So it's in there. John 1, 4. In him was life and that life was the light of all mankind. Are you mankind? Good, just checking. Jesus gave us that light so that we can bring hope into a hopeless situation. Jesus is the hope because of the light. But you know what? I think some people live perpetually in a state of spiritual darkness. Spiritual darkness. Oh, yeah, on the outside, everything's great. Turn up to church, everything's great. Da 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 da. Got my nice shirt on, everything's cool. Look at my family, aren't they nice? Off we go. Coffee after church, come to my connect group, do all the stuff. Da 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 da. But spiritual darkness, it's where somebody lives apart from God. It's happened in the Bible. I'm not making this stuff up. The Old Testament in Isaiah, it's prophesying of the Messiah, it's prophesying of Jesus. It speaks into a deep spiritual darkness that's in the people at the time. It's kind of how the world looks now, I think, if we looked out. It says this, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. People walking in darkness, the people walking in darkness, right? That's spiritual darkness, have seen a great light on those living in the land of deep darkness. A light has dawned. 
That's in Isaiah 9.2 if you want to look it up. But guess what? It's reflected in the New Testament in Matthew 4.16. To announce that those who have come to know the God of Israel through his son Jesus Christ are the ones who have been delivered from spiritual darkness. No one's excited about that. That's cool. And now walk in the light of God's life. Because of Jesus Christ, the hope of the world, you have been delivered from spiritual darkness forever. Oh yeah, that's good news. Could you preach a bit more of an exciting message, Grant? Come on, that is the most exciting thing that you could ever, ever know. That, yes, woohoo, absolutely woohoo. This is the sort of thing that we need to be encouraging one another with. This is what we need to be sharing with one another. Not, you know, our oh, Terence was a bit slow on the coffee today, wasn't he? No. Because <laughs> it's going to be important. We're moving to a new place. It's going to be important. I can't believe how long it's taking to build this new building. I might just go off to Sing Song Church or somewhere else or whatever, something a bit more convenient. No. I'm not saying that to retain the congregation or to do, wherever, do whatever you want, wherever you want. What I'm saying is that for us to be delivered from that spiritual darkness, we need to remind one another at all times that we've been delivered from spiritual darkness and that's just ripping news. It's such good news. Yeah, thank you. I've got the back seat going, so that's good. But here's what happens sometimes we read our Bibles. Who, reads, who has ever read their Bible? You have to put your hands up for this one, right? Who has ever read their Bible and got discouraged to feel that they probably don't measure up? Okay, cool. Thank goodness I'm not the only freak in the room, right? But that's because, get this, that's because we try to reflect the light. Now go with me on this. To reflect light, you have to be a perfect image, otherwise the reflection of light will lose lumens. L-U-M-E-N-S, lumens. (laughs) The reflection of light will lose lumens. Why? Because an imperfect surface will absorb light and not 100% reflect it. Only a perfect surface can reflect light without losing any lumens, all right? Brightness, boom, brightness, boom. And what happens is we go, oh, I went to church. Church was amazing. I can't believe how good it was. The praise and worship was so good. It was so great. That's my general congregation voice, in case you're wondering. Praise and worship was so good. It was so great, awesome. I'm going to work on Monday, and I'm going to be the light of Christ. I'm going to do that. So you try and reflect, you try and reflect what you got here. You try and bounce the light of Christ off you. But the thing is, on the way to work, two people cut you off and there was too much traffic on the Brooker Highway. Traffic on the Brooker Highway is if there ever is. Um, or or the, the, the Southern Outlet, maybe, if you know the case. So that's a fair case. You know, there's some, too much traffic there. And, and you ran late and you spilt your coffee on your pants. And it was the, the only other pair of clean pants you had. And they're going to be embarrassed. So you get to work and, you, and by the time you get to work, your perfect surface has got some tarnish on it, like that light globe that was a bit dirty. And you just, you go to reflect the light of Christ and somebody walks into the office and goes, morning. And you go, what do you mean by that? Because you can't, you've absorbed it all. You've absorbed it. But So here's what you do instead. You get the light of Christ and you make sure it lives in you by reading the word and praying. 
and it lives in you and it lives in you because you can't survive off a sermon from Sunday. That's what I'm telling you. You can't survive off what you used to know. You can't survive on what you've heard before. You've got to get that. So I'd say keep a Bible in the glove box. Keep a Bible in the, on the dashboard. Keep a Bible in your app on your phone. Keep a Bible everywhere that you're going to trip over accidentally on the way into work on Monday, right? Just in case you feel that you've got too many cracks and that you're imperfect. Because if you've got the light of Christ living in you, it'll shine out from you. Because it's okay to have cracks. It's okay to be blemished. It's okay to be torn. Wouldn't it be better if it was like this? Hi, Jill, how are you going? Oh, yeah, I'm really bummed, right? So that's like the bad version. They go, oh, I'm really bummed. Yeah, no, it's all right. I went to church on Sunday. It's all right. But all this bad stuff happened today, you know. That's because the light of Christ, in your heart, you're going, man, I love Jesus. I love Jesus so much. You know, God is so good. God is so great. You know, it's, it's going on in your head, but it's not getting between your head and your heart, right? Because that distance there is the same distance as from your knees to the floor. But instead, why don't you try this on? Say you're having a bad day. Something's really hurt you, like really hurt you. Something bad's happened on the way to work. Could happen. Don't want it to happen power in the word, so I'll just rebuke that statement. And so you get to work, or wherever you're going, how are you, Jenny? I had a tough morning, but I'm praying about it. I got a really crappy text message this morning, but I'm really believing, and I'm really hoping, and I'm praying for that person who sent me the message. Or in my life, Hey, um, by the way, mum, if you're listening to the podcast, no offence. Mum's 70th is coming up in July. It's, we're going to go to Sydney and, you know, it's an effort. And mum and dad and I, we haven't always got along. So instead of saying, oh, we've got to go up there, it's such a pain, and rah, da, 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 we're going to go to mum's 70th. I'm finding it a bit of a challenge. So I'm going to be praying for my mum and praying for my dad and praying for that situation ahead of time and I'm going to be believing for a great outcome, right? That's when the light of Christ lives in you versus trying to reflect it. Carry it, be carriers of the light. In 1 Colossians 26, it says, The mystery that has been kept hidden for ages and generations but is now disclosed to the Lord's people. To them God has chosen to make known amongst the Gentiles, that's all them out there, the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. In 2 Corinthians 3.18, and we who with unveiled faces, unveiled faces, Moses looked upon the tabernacle, he looked upon the Ten Commandments, what happened to his face? What happened to his face? It glowed. It glowed. So what do you have to put on his face? A veil to hide the glow. Why do we walk around with veils to hide our glow? Let's not try to fit into the world. Gainor, two-word coaching program. If someone's trying to fit into the world, what should they do? Stop it. Stop it. You weren't meant to fit in. You weren't designed to fit in. You were designed to stand out if the band could join me. 2 Corinthians, as I was starting to read, we who with unveiled faces 
all reflect the Lord's glory. We are being transformed into his likeness with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. As Matthew, we heard in Matthew 5.14, it tells us to be the light, and the light must, that light will transform us as we become more and more like Christ, as we become more and more light. Jesus said that his burden was light. In the beginning, uh, it said, and, and the word was with God, and the word was God, and, and the first word was, let there be light, and there was light. That Jesus was there from the beginning. Jesus is here now. Jesus will be there tomorrow. Jesus will be there next week. Jesus' light does not grow dim. Jesus' light cannot be put out. Jesus' light cannot burn out. Jesus Jesus' light cannot fade. But what it can do is it can shine so brightly into your life right now and every day, shine so brightly into your life that it cannot help but affect and transform you. You know, the dark can transform you as well. If you want to go hanging around in the darkness, you know what, that's fine. But it'll transform you. Think of what happens to a person who spends enough time in a dark cell, alone and isolated. They go cray-cray. They do. And as soon as they step out into the light, if you've been in the dark room for a while and you step out into the light, it's so bright. And you do that thing where you open one eye and you can sort of make things out. But if you've been in the dark for so long, you might not recognize the light. Or the light might feel painful. But the light gets in and exposes the dark things. It exposes the things that are in there. And sometimes one of the reasons that we choose not to stand in the light all the time is because we don't want other people to see the stuff that's in there. I've got stuff. I've got a load of stuff. Why I wear black, it's slimming. But when you've got all the stuff in you, you can be too afraid to stand in the light all the time. And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to confess this to you, church. I made a decision just in the last 24 hours that I don't ever want, I don't want the dark, I don't want to, st- st- I don't want to even, st- not even a toe, nothing. Forget it. Don't want it. Too big of a risk. Too big of a risk. Because it separates me from God. I've made a decision. I don't ever want to be separated from God ever again. Ever again. Ever again. Forget it. Ever. Ever. I don't want it. Hurts. Hurts. The thought of being separated from God kills me. Kills my spirit. My spirit doesn't want it. My spirit doesn't want it and it told my soul to know that. Don't ever want to be separated from God ever again. Ever. 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 And it's sin that separates you from God. And it's not sin like, you know, bad, the top 10 bad stuff. It's just not living in the light, you know? Not living as Christ-like as you probably could. I don't want to say should, but could. Could. So I don't know what song the, the band is planning on singing, but you know that, that last song that was so awesome that, that you did twice where we were talking to our, and we had the bit with our heart, singing our heart. I, I, I want to encourage us to, to, to get our spirits to speak to our souls now when we stand. I want to get our spirits to speak to our souls. I'm going to stay up here, actually. 
Gaynor, can you get rid of this for me? Pretty please. Thanks. I'm going to stay up here because I want you guys to sing this. And then I'm going to, just as the band is going, and when I feel that's the right time, I'm just going to lead us in a prayer. I'm going to, but what I want to do is I want to ask anyone who wants prayer to come forward during praise and worship, right? If, you, if this is the metaphoric, if there's metaphoric darkness and this is metaphoric light, whoever wants to just live their life never, ever, 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 ever again separated from Christ and you make a decision, do something with your physical body tonight and bring it forward. That's it. That's all. Just do something with your physical body and bring it forward. If you decide during this song, I will get out of the way, but I'll be back again in a second. So team, you want to go ahead and lead us. Thank you, Jamie and Josh. In the book of James, it says you say you have faith. In fact, you just sang you had faith. For you believe there is one God, good for you. Even the demons believe this. And they tremble in terror. How foolish. Can't you see that faith without good deeds is useless? Faith without works is useless. Faith without doing something about it is useless. And if there's anyone here tonight that says, yeah, I got faith, I got faith, absolutely. Let's let's declare that with our bodies. I don't want you to be embarrassed. I don't want to make anyone come up the front. They come up the front, it's not anything super spiritual, but do something with your body. Faith without works. Show it, declare it, clap, cheer, do whatever you need to do. Praise God or, or shout out. But right now, if you have the faith to never, ever go back into a dark place again, do something with it. Do something with your body. Show God you're ready. Show God you're ready to do this.